This morning is Mark 10, 46-52. I'm just going to read it to you. They came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Well, you could pretty much tell the gospel through the stories of those who chose to follow Jesus or not to follow him. And I want to fill um, Barty's story out for you a little bit. I'm going to call him Barty. Um, just with, um, to give it a bit more texture, the details are not in the Bible. It's how I imagined it might have happened. And, uh, but it, it, kind of, it kind of brings the story alive sometimes when we do that. So that's why I'm going to do it. So Barty's mum and dad were simple farmers, peasant farmers. They had what today we would call a small holding, a, a very small holding. Small farm, but big enough to care for the family's basic needs unless it was a very bad year. However, their son was born blind, which was a heavy blow. And we remember, of course, that in Bible times, attitudes to disability were quite different. There was a sense that if you were born with something wrong with you, then what that meant was your family had done something pretty bad to deserve that because it was a sign of God's displeasure. So, you know, family just definitely get looked down on. And it means there wasn't, there wasn't all that much compassion around for disability. I mean, there were some people, people are human, aren't they? But, but it was generally seen you're in that position because you or your family have done something pretty bad. And so basically it's your fault. But Barty's mum and dad loved him. They looked after him as well as they could. But eventually, as parents do, they grew old and then they died. And Barty was left all alone and he couldn't farm on his own. His neighbours took pity on him. They sold the farm for him, didn't get much money. And they took him to Jericho, the nearest city, and found him lodgings, a family that would take him in, and then he could use the money from the farm to to pay for his lodging. But, of course, the money ran out. And uh, the family wasn't his family. The family said, look, Barty, we'll keep you on, but we can't afford to feed you for nothing. You're going to have to earn your keep. And, of course, the only way that Barty could do that was to beg. So they gave him a bowl and taught him the route to the city gate. And he'd sit there with his little bowl 
And every time he heard people coming past, he'd ask for alms. And um, sometimes people would put money in, and of course, more often, they wouldn't. And it's, a, it's a very vulnerable doing that, especially when you're blind. You can't see who comes past. If someone wants to punch you or kick you or spit on you or even take your money, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And, of course, most, most people don't do that, but you, you never know when something like that's going to happen and you're out in all weathers, it's too hot or too cold or too wet. Um, but you've got no choice if you want to eat then that's what you've got to do. And that was Barty's life until Jesus came along. And uh, Barty's very good at listening into people's conversations, getting to know people. And he'd had a lot of stories about Jesus. Everybody had. And particularly about the way that Jesus healed and the way that Jesus had authority. Stories were going round about Jesus, you know, Lots of the rabbis would pray with you, but Jesus was different. If you had a demon, it was just a single word. And if you had something else wrong with you, it was just, you know, be healed. And uh, the excitement around Jesus' visit was just palpable, the atmosphere when Jesus was coming to town. You just, and of course, Barty got that. And um, you know, he would have grown up with a bit of the law of Moses, not much teaching, would have had much rabbinic teaching because he's blind, you know, not, people wouldn't want to invest in him. And, um, but he's heard something. And there is a spark of faith somewhere in Barty because as Jesus comes past and the noise begins to swell and Barty cries out at the top of his voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the enemy uses the voices of the crowd to bring fear and discouragement because they don't think that someone like Barty should be bothering Jesus. You shouldn't be bothering the rabbi. You're just a beggar. You don't matter. It's your fault you're there or your family's fault, which is the same thing. And so they basically respond by just shouting, shut up. And, you know, this is, this is his client base. You know, his, these are the people that he needs to have come. So he's vulnerable to their disapproval. So fear and discouragement comes against him. But he shouts out even louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And here is one of those kingdom ironies, because this is the only time in Mark's gospel that Jesus is called the son of David. And that is a messianic title. And here's all these people who think they can see Jesus and the Barty can't. And yet Barty can see something about Jesus that no one else can. And he shouts at the top of his voice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I doubt there was any any, ever, any doubt whether Jesus would stop. I mean, there's doubt in everybody else's mind, but I doubt there was, you know, there was never any doubt. There's, there's no record of Jesus ever turning anyone away who asked for his help. And so Jesus stops and calls 
party. And then, in an instant, the way that moods can, the crowd's mood changes. And then now, no, Barty's no longer being told to shut up because Jesus wants to see him. And now everybody is excited to see what Jesus is going to do. And Jesus calls Barty. Barty throws his cloak up and people lead him to Jesus. But Jesus puts Barty to the test. Puts him to the test. And he says, what do you want me to do for you? That is a very, very good question in the mouth of followers of Jesus to people who do not know him. What would you like God to do for you? Of course, Jesus is God. We're not God. I hope I haven't spoiled anyone's morning. Um, So Jesus says, what would you like me to do for you? And that puts Barty to the test because he could ask for the easy thing. He could say, Jesus, I'm desperate. You know, I'm blind. I can't work. I have to sit at the gate um, every day and I've, I've just got no money and no resources. And then Jesus would pursue the religious solution, which is he turns to the crowd and particularly makes eye contact with the wealthier people. And he says, you know, this son of Abraham, his sins are forgiven. Is there no one who could take him into their house? And of course, one of the rich people who could have party without it inconveniencing them at all would step forward and say, yes, Jesus, I'll do that, you know, and... uh, Barty's solution gets solved and uh, this man gets a lot of kudos and um, maybe gets to walk next to Jesus on the next bit of the journey and, you know, does really very well out of the whole thing in everybody's eyes and in their reputation. And that would be kind of the religious solution, just to ask Jesus to meet his material needs. And Barty, being astute, as beggars very often are, would know that Jesus could do something like that. So that would be the easy ask, asking for something he knows Jesus can do. But Barty doesn't do that. He asks for the big thing, the really, really difficult thing, because it's not been seen in Israel. Um, I think there's one other instance in the Gospel where Jesus heals a man born blind, Um, And Barty asks for the really, really big thing. And he says, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus says, you know what, just for asking me that, your your sight is, is given to you. And he can see. You know, it's just an amazing moment. It always is, isn't it? When someone's healed, when the Lord heals someone, the kind of the joy that goes round the room and it's just amazing and then the story finishes with Barty following Jesus on the road not saying thank you Jesus I really appreciate that now I'm going to go and get on with my life properly but his response is to follow Jesus along the road and uh, it's very likely that Barty one of the leaders of the early church. And I'm saying that because we know his name. You know, the gospel writers know his name. 
and it's unlikely they would have known his name if he, you know, if he hadn't stuck around because he'd just be the, the man that Jesus met outside the gates of Jericho. So there's a lot of challenge in there and a lot of invitation. Uh, and the invitation is, if there's something you really want God to do, he, even if it's something you've had for years and years and years and years and years, that prayer, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, is such a good prayer to pray. It's such a good prayer to pray for yourself or for someone else, even if it's been something you've had for years and years and years. And uh, we, ha- we had a word during the worship. The Holy Spirit responds to hunger. God responds to hunger. God, God responds to the cry of the heart. And when you pray, you know, when you have a need, when something you, you really want God to do, do you ask for the big thing or do you just ask to make it manageable? Because my temptation is just, you know, normally just to pray to make it bearable. You know, whatever I've got, whatever we're struggling with, just the, enough, Lord, to make it bearable, enough for us to cope. You know, this is just enough, Lord, you know, that I can believe in rather than the big, hairy, audacious prayer. Jesus, son of David, I want to see the thing that's impossible. Are you praying for anything that's impossible? As a body, are we praying for anything that's impossible? Now, our vision is the transformation of Sheffield through the gospel. Now, that's impossible. Are you praying for something that is impossible, but God can do it? Or are you just, you know, wanting a bit of comfort, a bit of security, a bit of help so that you can manage? I want to encourage you to go for the impossible, not just the believable. To go for the thing that only God can do. Jesus, son of David, I want to see Of course, sight in the Gospels, as, as well as something actual and physical for your body, it's a, a metaphor and a picture as well. Jesus says you can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And so there's a big opening of eyes when you turn to follow Jesus. But there's also a progressive opening of the eyes because none of us sees Jesus as he really is. And the Bible says that that the primary engine for personal transformation is not trying harder to be good and to be nice. The primary engine is looking at Jesus and seeing who he is. That's the primary engine of both personal and corporate transformation is to look at Jesus and see him more as he is. And the promise on the last day is that when we see him, we will be like him. 
because to see him as he is will be to be like him. So there's a progressive opening of the eyes. And that little prayer, it's a big prayer of Bartimaeus, I want to see, should be all our prayer, not, not just for things that are problems, but, but for life, day by day, I want to see. I want to see more of Jesus than I see now. I want to see more of what he's like than I see now. I want to, you know, as we behold his glory, we are changed degree by degree by degree. It's not just a one-off thing that happens when you turn to never been seen since the foundation of the world. And I want to thank you, Jesus, for your compassion and the love you had for Bartimaeus that made you stop on the road, that made you challenge him to reveal what was in his heart and that gave him his sight. And thank you, Jesus, that you have the same compassion for me and for us and for those we love. And God, would you give us the kind of faith that Bartimaeus had to see you as Messiah and Saviour and to ask for the big thing. Lord, we long to see this city transformed under the power of the gospel. And Lord, we know it happens so often, one life at a time. And God, would you open our eyes day by day to see more of you, more of your son, Your kingdom come, your will be done. Thank you, Lord.